Hello, I'm Jeffrey Pettinera. And I'm Jessica Kusman. And you're listening to Film Q, and today we have a guest. Introduce yourself. Kanisha. I'm Kanisha. You don't have to say much more than that if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> she she right. is our special female guest to give uh, some nice estrogen-fueled <laughs> perspective on Magic Mike XXL, which is probably the worst way of putting it, I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> But first, I think Andres wanted to talk about something he'd seen this week. Uh, just quickly, I I believe it was Canada Day where uh, I finally ended up watching that new dog movie, Max. <laughs> dog movie. It's a stupid dog. <laughs> it's a stupid movie. It. <laughs> last week we or last episode we talked and I, you you said that you had read it was good. I had heard some inklings that it might be better than I what people expected. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust that person's opinion. Andres Guzman, his poster. Uh, no. <laughs> I went in with low expectations, and it was still bad. Mm-hmm. And that's all I want to talk about. That's it. That's all you want. Yeah. I just wanted to bring. That's like, your in-depth review of Max. Yeah. Hey, was, I don't think you even said the name. It was Max, right? It was bad. Avoid it. <laughs> okay. Other than that, I don't think we have any amendments this week, finally. Took uh, us a while. So let's just get right into it. Magic Mike, double XL. Bef- actually, first, before we get into that movie, I want to talk about the time I watched the first movie, because it was, I think it's a nice little story, and kind of highlights the way I think the general populace looks at these films. So I was watching the first movie, Magic Mike, with my mom and my sister. We were just sitting quietly the whole movie, you know, I'm enjoying it, but they don't know. (laughs) Credits roll, and they turn to me, he's like, so Jeff, what did you think? I'm like, oh, I loved it, it was great. And all, simultaneously, like, what? (laughs) Why? (laughs) I'm like, because it's a great movie, right? And I could just tell from their probing eyes, they're wondering, is this when he comes out of the closet? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, that's what people don't realize is that the first movie, even though Soderbergh was clearly uh, using those dance scenes to explore the reaction from the female and gay community, because he was going to make Behind the Candelabra right after, that that movie is also very much just a dark examination of drug addiction and a seedier world. I almost found it autobiographical from mm-hmm. his almost his exit from Hollywood, right? Because he had he was in the show business and he's doing all this stuff. Uh, that maybe he doesn't want to do or he feels like he's compromising himself and so finally he retires to go do what he wants to do right like with mike it's the carpentry or whatever but soderbergh it's making films in his own way um that's something like i find very weird and also fascinating that i never expected was that both magic mike and magic mike xxl are not just stripping movies but they're actually deep and not only well made, yeah, I mean, but incredible movies. Mind, but what I love about Double XL, especially because Double XL is the movie that people thought the first one was. You know what I mean? It kind of gets rid of all that darkness. Yeah, and it's much more about the joy of a uh, of getting of achieving or have sorry the female pleasure as a goal. You know what I mean? So what I love about this movie, especially, is how. It has things on its mind, but it's the number one thing that it's concerned with is just... And it's, it becomes a very specific point. In an early scene in the convenience store, and then later in the, the final dance office, 
the goal is just to get a woman to smile, right? And that's what I love about smooth. Kanisha, your thought? Did you smile? <laughs> Are you smiling by the end of it when you're over? More, more than enough. Um, I just found that interesting, like, though, that it was geared towards uh, female pleasure, and that was a big theme, female respect and yeah. empowerment, yet a lot of females didn't like it. Like I felt like, in a way, it was a little deceptive in its marketing in oh, terms yeah, really? of, yeah, because... Um, I think a lot of women went into this movie just expecting just wall to wall like naked abs. yeah <laughs> naked guys everywhere every single moment and when they actually started talking about their lives and they're like what is this what is this nonsense we we had uh we had people in our theater like screaming like oh yeah stuff it, it, it was great there was like audience participation almost yeah. oh yeah we had the same thing in my theater there were people like cheering they're like yes and everything and i was just there like was, I don't, I don't, one of those floor <laughs> talking scenes all you hear one lady from the front row like why aren't they naked that's <laughs> <laughs> funny though because like the way i was thinking about it like on the tr- bus ride home and like well, I was happy about this movie is that they finally made a big blockbuster movie, a good big blockbuster blockbuster movie ge- geared towards women, right? And their uh, their wants and desires and stuff. Contrast to all the Marvel dudes like going to see their latest superhero movie and they're all buzzing afterwards, talking about like oh nudging their girlfriend. That's a Thanos. He's whatever, right? And so, um, fuck, I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> well, even uh. After we left, like, the theater, and we walked out, and it was, like, there was just a huge crowd of women just talking yeah, just about the mo- movie, and there's like, going on. Mm-hmm. Also, I believe that the crowd was for the lineup for their washroom. Meanwhile, oh. we just, like, went in, and there was nobody <laughs> in no ours. I don't <laughs> understand what, what takes so long. Um, but it's funny, because you said that they were, at least the women you talked to, were disappointed in the lack of dancing. Which, and I get, in a sense, I felt that too, that I'm like, that there's not as much as I thought there'd be. Yeah. But I feel, now we're getting into like movie 101 or kind of thing, where a lot of those talking scenes kind of set up so that the final dance scene works even more, you know? Well, even it's establishing its thematic concerns. Even when Mike has like his first real dancing at a, I don't remember her, Rome's like club name. Oh, uh, but even like then like they're kind of like edging him on like come on come on and it's like that build up like even though he's kind of dance here and there throughout the film like that's his first one where he's like he's like that's it i'm back sort of thing so it's like that whole build up you remind me of what my point is with the whole connection to the marvel movie thing is that a lot of complaints you'll hear out of coming out of those movies oh there was like not enough big fighting or whatever right because a movie doesn't work if it's wall-to-wall one thing right if it's noise look at the transformers movies they're just wall-to-wall noise and they're awful <laughs> so what this movie does is it knows you want that huge dancing scene stuff all that dancing stuff but it's slowly getting there it's teasing you like the, you were going to talk about the first pony sequence oh yeah <laughs> i think uh, I, I i'm one of those people who like never really heard the song before i watched the first one same so so like from now on, I've every single time I hear the song, I kind of accompany it to the film, and I always think of like Channing Tatum and him dancing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear the song any other way. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> but like early on, when he I he don't sends want his, to hear the song <laughs> <laughs> when he sends like his coworker home, and he's like starting to work, and uh, and he's like he's listening to Spotify, and then the song plays, 
and there's that moment where he has like that helmet on and it kind of has like a little design on it that looks like he's smirking and as like as the song starts to play he just kind of and like for us the audience just like all the women just started cheering and yeah, going like, crazy they knew what was, it's funny because i'd seen the first movie but i don't have that connection to that song where i know exactly what it's from or like drawing the connection to the first film so just hearing like or f- not even hearing feeling everyone in the crowd just start tightening up yeah and it was like was there that was like that's his theme song and it's that it's the, that that it's moment superhero where, theme connecting when, it to the Marvel thing when there. he like <laughs> he just stops looks up and it like and with the helmet on it looks like he's just smirking and he and like everybody's screaming audience, he's right? screaming like everyone's screaming for him like to start dancing and he just shakes his head yeah. no and he's like nope not yet and that's that's that like uh, audience participation that this movie ended up having so yeah, I mean, much yeah I feel like the audience was very much a character in, in the sense that we're being addressed and we are very much the women in the film are, represent yeah, people who are in the, the audience is always in that audience right because that's us as much as they're wooing them they're wooing us uh do you agree Kanisha because I know it's hard for us to say because again we're two dudes <laughs> <laughs> and the movie is very much highlighting the male form in a sense you know I guess in a way a woman could appreciate I for sure agree. Um, I felt like, yeah, even for me, and for me and uh, just being in the theater, everyone was participating and just enjoying those moments along mm-hmm. with everybody else. And I think that's, I think that's a really awesome feeling to mm-hmm. be in uh, an area with a whole bunch of people you don't know, but yet mm-hmm. all still feeling the same thing. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really awesome thing. And I think that movie really was able to capture yeah, that for a lot that's of what people. I love about going to movies is that communal experience right when you all watch a movie together and what it, and I had like a genuine emotional moment at the end of this movie because again like 95% of our audience was women and we never see that it's always just a crowd of dudes and they're always just in whatever and so to walk out of that theater and have all these women just fucking buzzing because that that uh room was amped <laughs> like <laughs> There was just shy of fist pumping, right? <laughs> like, and that's what I love about it, because you never see this. And this is what I want every other fucking weekend to be, right? A movie's for fucking everybody. Even um, what I love about this movie is that it's not pedantic in the way it services even by broadening the diversity aspect. Because the first movie is very white, in because all the dancers are white. It doesn't really... Well, there was still... Uh... The the guy from CSI Miami, he was in it too. Still, what? <laughs> I don't watch CSI. Miami. I don't know. But he was in the first movie. I don't remember this at all. But anyway, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's one guy yeah. compared to this movie where it brings in that whole uh, Rome's whole uh, I don't know what you would call it, like a clubhouse, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that subscription based yeah. pleasure yeah, thing. Agree. They completely. Did and a then, lot better with diversity in this one so exactly. much better and even Mike has his counter his uh, black counterpart in the dude and it, it's never about conflict it's never about like one-upping each other the, fi- the very final scene and almost uh, what I felt like was an homage to Duck Soup and the mirror gag is yeah it's they're just mere opposites of each other and they're, but they're both centered on the one goal of just pleasing the women in the chair I find it kind of a little surprised but uh, I'm looking up like how much money it made on the weekend. I thought, didn't it kill? I actually read that like like the reason I said 95 earlier because as I read 
that 95% of the audience was women. Yeah. And that's but amazing. It, it, it still made less than $12 million this weekend. Really? I, don't, is that, I, I have no, no idea about box office. Uh, this weekend was like, usually it's, or at least the past few weeks with Jurassic World had been killing it time and time and time again. It, it, it was way higher before, but this weekend's really low. But like Jurassic World's at thirty mm-hmm. for the for the weekend, and Magic Mike only has eleven, and it's in the fourth place after that shitty Terminator movie. Yeah, but that's like after what two days, and also I feel like this is a movie that's gonna have legs because this is a movie that I feel yeah. like a lot of people are gonna watch multiple well, times. Even the last movie when I was working at this uh, office before the the lead lady there, she was a lady, and that was the summer that Magic Mike came out. And I heard her talking with all the other ladies in the office just being like, yeah, I'm going to go watch it again. <laughs> Cause th- I'm not against it. I, no, I, I, go, mean, I, I go, go again. again I'll go that again. That movie is yeah. just... The, ultimately, and I, I don't want to feel like I'm overstating the feminist angle here, but ultimately what that movie is is about people coming to be better people, right? Because even the dudes have their arcs about... Uh, doing what you want to do right it's in the dance movies it's not doing what someone assigned to you it's doing what you want to do and that's what ultimately makes you a better person which is like super great moment when big dick richie starts <laughs> great uh, name by the way <laughs> like starts dancing to a nine inch nail song oh god that's what i want uh, ah that how was that you song lost, never used before you lost your shit next yeah, to I, me i was dying it was, it was amazing i love that song and it's just, it's the perfect song because it, it it also works perfectly because it was like that nice little sweet song uh was it the bruno mars song right oh the one with yeah. yeah 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 that donald glover was singing he's like i want to i want to marry you and it's just like everything's yeah, if all we're sweet. gonna talk about me swooning i'm gonna talk about you swooning over donald glover <laughs> which I scene did too, i did too as soon as i saw him i was like my heart i can't when they do the pan and he's on top of the stairs i was just like yes what are, what are you don't going do to do that hand motion <laughs> i don't want to think about that on this. <laughs> Actually, Donald Glover is... Because uh, I don't... Uh, we've been praising this film completely. But the one question I actually have for you, because this is where I felt like I needed your perspective, because it's the one place I'm not sure if the movie gets completely right, is where I felt... Like, the movie's pandering in a good way, in the sense. It does pandering good in a well. But there was instances where I felt it was almost too strongly, like, kind of... It was almost preachy in the sense that... Um, with Donald Glover's character especially, he's saying how you just gotta ask them what they want, blah 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 or all these guys are not paying attention to them and I almost felt like, was that maybe too strong I'm trying to articulate not heavy handed but in the sense that it's almost it's almost telling women what they want instead of Instead of ex- extrapolating that from some actual... Ah, oh, fuck. How do I... I'm trying to word this in a way that's understandable. <laughs> um, it's almost like a Drake song in the sense that, like, girl, I know you better than you know yourself kind of thing, right? And that's offensive to me. But I don't know. Am I off, way off base here? So essentially you think the movie is... Not the movie, because I think the movie is on the right side most of the time it's just okay, with yeah. donald glover's just, character just gambino's free, freestyle moments it gets a little too much into uh girl i know you and i know uh the trouble you're going through i can help kind of thing you know what i mean i don't know it's, 
it's the one part I feel it's landing not exactly correctly. But then again, that could just be me because I'm a dude. But that's why I wanted to ask you about that. I see where you're coming from with that. Um, I do think, though, I felt like it was still the question of ask her what she wants and then mm-hmm. she will tell you. It's not like he was saying... Um, I know what you want. Yeah. So I think it was still... He was still saying, yeah, I get what you're saying because he was still saying like, this is this is what I could do for women type yeah. thing. Or, but in the end, I still think it was open. It was still open question like, yeah. it was when, more about communication. Yeah, yeah, like what um, um, men are communicating properly with the women in their lives, and they end up dissatisfied. Yeah. Um, so, how can you, as a guy, remedy that? Yeah, right. and just straight up being like, what do you want? I think I'm with her because, like, I'm. Yeah, no, I think like, I, I'm not. I'm not. I think there was not. a. It was just the one moment where it was either I wasn't a, totally on board. It was either a scene before or after where they even like they bring up and they're just like they're like it's not that hard to like kind of find out what they want. Like mm-hmm. you just have to sit down and listen, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what that scene it plays out like. Yeah, it ties into the whole idea that like I've said the movie is about everyone basically becoming better people which is all awesome in that final shot where it's just everyone happy, right? Yeah. And that communal thing that you tied into Ocean's 13. And that's what I love about it is that the movie, what a lot of men are going to miss is that it's not just for women. It's also, I wrote down here, it's a manual for being a better human being, right? Man or woman kind of thing. So a lot, it comes down to communication. Yeah, like you said, it's asking what they want. It's also like, doing things uh that you want to do like every one of those dancers have their own ideas whether they're ridiculous or mm-hmm. grounded they're all they're all their yeah, own wants they're not the movie never laughs at them for their ideas it's like just do it man yeah. and even it's gonna be hard but you do it even uh i think resonates deeply with soderbergh <laughs> even, he's a hero of mine so i'm gonna be bringing up his like name all the time by the way there are it was it it it, it would have been super easy for the movie to be to to want it to be so that they're going on this one last trip so they can make money to start their stuff to do to like it's just like one last one last gig so they can make a bunch of money and quit sort of thing mm-hmm. but there's no scenes where they even pick up the the dollar bills that are being thrown at them yeah because I, I feel oh sorry you're gonna say <laughs> I just <clears throat> for me I felt like though that would because even they said, even um, Donald Glover's character said at one point in the car, if he even ended up being where he wanted to be, yeah. he'd still do it on the side. So it was obvious that it wasn't completely about the money for them and that they did genuinely enjoy what they did. So I feel like if they were just like, okay, we just need, we're just doing this now because we need to jumpstart our other yeah. careers, mm-hmm. I felt like that wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it would almost, it'd be counterintuitive to the theme of the movie right if they start picking up the money you start making it about capitalism or like greed or personal gain right doing all these things for personal gain but the movie is about ultimately uh satisfying the people around you right like just joys that's why i keep coming back to that but that's the ultimate uh thing is that being a better person and communicating will make will just make you happy and that's the point of the movie i think that's uh, why the money stays on the floor because money doesn't make you happy <laughs> Back, back this to makes the, life easier. Back to the scene with like <laughs> Donald. Please like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> back, back to the scene with like Donald Glover in the car. I think that was my only 
issue with his character and maybe the movie where it's just like and that might be just because how close I follow his work and it's like that scene was like way too autobiographical for him oh, so I just kind of like laughed and I was just like it's funny though that your that EP did blow up specifically <laughs> 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 I know what's gonna happen I just recently got into Childish Gambino so I can't go in as in depth as you can but it's funny that that particular scene is the one that doesn't work for us it, the least it's, it's just the least. that it's that moment but, but then it's different it, reasons but then it like it kind of I think I, I like it because then it pays off to uh to him like talking about how he feels and then he 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 says to like Matt Bomer's character he's like we're just healers and that's what like Bomer was calling himself the entire movie and he just yeah. stops and he's like yes I love, yeah yes. I love that it's so, <laughs> exactly. the character work is so good in this movie what I love about it there's like no conflict in this movie. There's, there's no external conflict. There, there's a little bit, and that's there's conflict, but it's all character based. It, call, it all comes from the fact that all these characters want different things, and the way it clashes in how they want to get it, kind of thing, right? And the only time it gets acted out on when when Mike acts, uh, Bomer's character is Ken. Yeah, Ken. Yeah, he's like a when Ken doll. when he asks like Ken to to hit him. And he does, and he's like, "Does that feel better?" He's like, "No, this is stupid. There's better ways to work yeah. this out." It's yeah, it's like a it's a mission statement for the movie, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's what's so great about the movie is that it's all rooted in character, and yet the movie is completely engaging from scene to scene. You're never bored. I know you may want more dancing, <laughs> but you're never <laughs> bored in the sense that you don't know what's going on. You don't know what these characters want. It's all very clear, and it's fucking hilarious. For, uh, what's his name? Joe Mangalina? I don't. I'm Manganella? not sure. Manganella. Yeah, yeah. Manganella. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, so recently, I kind of forgot, but he played Flash Thompson in Spider Man. I, I read that, but I don't. I can't put a face. I I, I I watched a YouTube clip earlier when like when they first have that first fight when he oh. gets like the like the spider sense. I was just like, you're a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, his whole scene in the convenience store is. Uh, perfect. It's perfect because he, he's not <laughs> just to, make, just to add the extra layer. They're all tripping on Molly, which is amazing because they're so amped. That scene reminded me a lot of like uh, twenty one and twenty two Jump Street, though. Oh, just just because oh, yeah. like I yeah. just see I see Tatum like like being high, and I'm just like oh yeah, that, like, that, I was like oh that's the first. Those are great moments. Those are great moments. It's Tatum is probably the best, uh, the funniest actor working right now. Who can fake being high? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like his scenes in Twenty One Jump Street were hilarious, and then in this, where it's he's not even doing anything particularly special. He's just put so much energy <laughs> into what he's doing. It's amazing. Um, but the fact, like, he walks in and he's like kind of unsure about it. Yeah. And then the yeah, Backstreet like, Boys song it's so starts. Sweet. He's so sweet. <laughs> and the Backstreet Boys song starts, and I was just like, I remember, I was just like, this is gonna be great. <laughs> Serious props to that actress, though, for keeping a straight face. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> which, oh, which reminds me, my favorite, that was my favorite movie in the, uh, my favorite movie, my favorite uh, moment in the, during the movie is as soon as she smiled, the whole crowd went yeah. crazy. I'm like, yes, <laughs> it's perfect. I, again, it ties it's back not, into that thing that we're the audience. Like, and the, it, and the it's not just like, the audience. The, like when the clerk was happy, but it was just like the rest of the dancers lost their shit yeah. as well. They're just like, yeah, you did it. You did it. And that's, I think, ties back into, oh, I'm going to bring it up, Soderbergh's genius, <laughs> is that he serves the scenes, this, he serves the scenes, and he never gets in the way, of, in, in the way of himself, because 
he could do some stylish shit or whatever, but it's always very grounded. It's always very uh, rooted in the emotional moment. So as Peter Andrews, which I won that bet, he thought he was going to get credit as Steven Soderbergh, but he's credited as Peter Andrews. You should explain more about that for people. Oh, yes. For people who don't know, Soderbergh usually shoots and edits his own movies. So, but because he can't really put himself down as both, because uh, I think they have to hire through the yeah union. yeah. So because he can't put his name down as cinematographer and editor, he usually goes by a pseudonym. His cinematographer pseudonym is Peter Andrews, and as his editor, he's Marianne Bernard. So in this movie, he had served as cinematographer and editor, but he was also producing. But his longtime partner Gregory Jacobs was directing. So yeah. we had a bet going where. I just thought because he wasn't directing, he was going to get credit as Soderbergh, but I knew. I knew. <laughs> we made. We were trying to figure out we're like who... We thought that he might use one of his names for like the cinematographer or the editor. Right. So I was like, I think he's going he's gonna to be editing as Marianne Bernard, and he's going to shoot under Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, Peter, Andrews Peter Andrews <laughs> and Marianne Bernard. And then it kind of... It was, I, don't, I was enjoying the movie. But at the same time, like within the first five minutes, I was just like, "Where's the title sequence? So oh, I can yeah, find no out." No was, I was just like, "Where's the title sequence? So I can find out if I won this bet or so lost it." It's a suspense it. movie for you, though. Yeah, the time. entire movie, I was just like, "God damn it! I think I lost. I think I lost." Bust out your wallet, Andres. We didn't even finish what, what it was about. It was just, just like a bet. That's yeah, it. Yeah, just a bet. It was bragging rights. Um, the one actually interesting moment I felt for Peter uh, as Peter Andrews was. Um, and the only time I ever thought the cinematography may have gone in the way, it was just an interesting choice. Where he introduces that Zoe character completely in, oh, in yeah. shadow. Oh, so when she comes like back silhouette. later on in the house, I was like, who is I did, Yeah, I, I had the same thing happen to yeah. me. Because I was just like, who is that? I was like, I could not remember. I was like, yeah, why is he? Because they clearly re- recognize yeah, each other. Yeah, so I was like, what's yeah. going on there? I was like, is, what? I was thinking, I was like, is this the girl from the last movie? I'm like, no, that's not her. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's happening? And then I, was re- and then I realized they mentioned... Um, her New going York. to yeah, yeah. when they mentioned New York, I'm like, oh, well, so it was that girl. I read that like somebody, uh, I don't remember who it was, but I, I know like a reviewer that I was following hmm. said that it wasn't until like the final scene that they realized that that the, was the same girl. That not only was the same girl, but they thought that the girl was played by Brie Larson. Oh, so they're just like, <laughs> and during the last sequence, they're just like, who the hell are you? Oh, <laughs> yeah, wrong actor, <laughs> wrong actor. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's so it's an interesting choice, and I wonder he must have been aware of that because Soderbergh, I feel, is usually very much aware of his choices. Also, uh, so I, I wonder if he he shoots pretty like I think I saw that they shot on the red camera. Yeah, he right? shoots digitally. Yeah, he shoots digitally. It's just faster for him. And they have monitors, so he can see what he's yeah. doing. It's not like the film where you can't see yeah, it on the next day. Pray. <laughs> yeah. So that's that. That's why I was like, I was thinking the same thing, where I was just like. I was like, this is interesting, and I kind of like waited for like a moment where maybe a light will shine and you can actually see, see both face. of them. Yeah. Even for a split second, it'll be like, okay, that that's smart. Like, that, it, it works for a scene, sense. and I wonder if maybe he was using that so that when we do see her in the, the house, we are thinking like, who is that? She looks familiar, because I felt like that was almost the feeling I got from Channing Tatum's character, and even Kevin Nash's character, uh, Tarzan. Ernest. He, Ernest, <laughs> we learned his name. I love, I love this sweet ca- little moment. As I well. love his character. Like the entire time, it's just like they keep like he just drops little bombs about himself, and yeah, they're like, he's like, I haven't felt this nervous since Desert Storm. And, and you're like, what? You're just like, oh, how long have we known each other? <laughs> yeah, the great the movie. 
ultimately the movie is just a great character piece and that's what's so it's just centered on male stripper stripping <laughs> <laughs> speaking of male strippers i guess do you have a favorite um big dick rick yes yes <laughs> how about you andres <laughs> i don't think i have one just say you have one i don't love her <laughs> No, not really. Uh, it's too skinny for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually like that uh, that they end up having him, especially because you have like the entire like all the other guys were like super buff, and you yeah. have him who was well. Ken's guy. Ken's yeah. not that buff, but then I feel like they're both. But Ken's they're, ripped as fuck. Yeah, he's like yeah. he's got that Brad Pitt body where he's like he's thin, but he's super toned. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to sit down with my parents again. <laughs> so um, there's a spectrum, all right, the Kinsey spectrum. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> this movie gave me body issues. <laughs> I, I, got, I actually, it's funny because I went home, changed out of my work shirt. I looked down, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I need to do some sit-ups. <laughs> you have a uh, my favorites, the, uh, Mike. <laughs> 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 you guys have like a favorite like what was your favorite final dance performance or was it yours like big day great um no i like shannon tatum's um yeah the mirror thing yeah that was it's really just cool. like really inspired yeah. and i love again i mentioned duck soup i don't know if either of you have watched that but I've seen it. there's a very famous gag in that where groucho marks uh they're two guys break into his house or whatever and they're ch- they dress up just to like him but they're trying to not get detected, and he breaks a mirror, goes on the other side, and Grouch Marks looks at it, and he, then they just start like mirroring each other's moves, right? Because he's trying to catch him off guard. Anyway, it's a famous gag. Look it up. And I don't know if the movie was referencing that in any way, but it's cool that it duck soup was something that came to my mind during Magic Mike. So that might be my favorite. But I, I really do love Nine Inch Nails and <laughs> Joe Manganiello's. Yeah, the way it like, goes from the very yeah. sweet like commitment angle to just 50 shades of gray uh done right and essentially yeah <laughs> I, I saw a movie and yeah <laughs> all right i guess we can tr- uh transition now because we're talking about a movie that could be very uh very much be a lot of people's guilty pleasure so let's start talking about our guiltiest of pleasures andres i'm gonna go last because i have something to say about this are we gonna say them First, uh, or ex- like Sam and explain. Sam and explain. Let's hear your reasoning. Defend yourself. You're on the stand. Here, this is the way I'm going to frame this question. I'm the judge presiding over you who are charged of crimes against cinema. What <laughs> for liking a mo- one specific movie? What is your guiltiest pleasure? And then I will rule. I'm gonna go with Armageddon. I need a gavel. Armageddon. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, yeah. explain. Um, first of all, guilty. (laughs) (laughs) You brought up Transformers earlier, and I almost said that, uh, I almost wanted to go with the first Transformers. Just because, like, I know 2, 3, and even, like, especially 4. I remember Transformers working the best. Yeah, it's definitely the best one, and it's, like, one of the ones where, like, I watch it, and I'm just like, I I know this is bad. Mm-hmm. But like I, I think Transformers is just like so close to my heart. I grew up with my brother watching the like, the eighty five like cartoon movie, yeah. which is perfect. Kind of bad. No, <laughs> it's bad. It's not bad. Have you seen it recently? It's bad. I watch it like every six months. <laughs> okay, uh, and it's like you got the touch. Go on. 
I want the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like the same where I, the same way I feel like uh, with Armageddon, where I, I don't have to explain why Michael Bay is not a good a good director. He's a good director who just doesn't pick projects that are right for him. You know what I mean? Because Pain and Gain is great. I haven't seen Pain and Gain. You haven't seen Pain and Gain? Okay, that'll convince you. Watch Pain and Gain, because that, that'll be the movie that gets you on Michael Bay's side, I think, because it's very much playing to his strengths, in a way. Well, it's mean, right? Yeah, it's mean, <laughs> it's mean but it's about stupid characters it that like he knows Mike- are stupid, and he's making fun of them. It sounds like a Michael Bay movie. And the American flag, because in every fucking Michael Bay movie, there's a fucking American flag in every shot, right? But it's usually jingoistic. But in Pain and Gain, it's almost underscoring the fact that this is America. These idiots are fucking America. This is capitalism. And it works beautifully. You should watch Pain and Gain because that'll convince you that Michael Bay is a good director who just picks bad projects. I know J.J. Uh, Abrams like worked on the Armageddon script. And this must have been before Abrams made good things because I, th- <laughs> I, think, I think that script is super bad. <laughs> I thought I, you picked it. I did. But like the script is bad. I, I was watching some scenes earlier in like preparation for the episode mm-hmm. and like there were parts like I just fucking started laughing. I was just like, this is stupid. These are some stupid ass lines. I don't know about, but about you, but sometimes when I watch a movie like with the opening credits, mm-hmm. uh, when it says like directed by whoever, Sometimes the director or, and, and the editor will kind of like pick some sort of image to like coincide with it. Yeah. Whether it means something or not, it sometimes it, it, it kind of like. It's not just a random placement. Yeah, I feel like most people, if I would do it, I would kind of like build up to something, uh, at least a nice shot, something. Yeah. Something pretty. In, in, your name in, in Armageddon, you have Eddie Griffin's character walking a dog, and at the same time as it says his name, he asks the dog, Why are you walking so fast? Do you have to take a dump? <laughs> that almost does summarize Michael Bay's that's, yeah, style. <laughs> that's exactly it. Like I don't, I don't know if I have to much explain more. Uh, I know growing up, it was like always on TV, mm-hmm. and even like I had seen it a million times. Every single time it would show up, I would see it, and because I'd seen it so many times, I can just like jump in whenever it is and mm-hmm. like know what's going on. And I haven't seen it in the longest time, so I'm not gonna have much to like support or counter you, but. But I'd watch the whole thing. It is in the Criterion, so it must have something. I watch, like, it's two and a half hours regularly. Yeah. That's two and a half, really? Fucking long. Michael Bay films. <laughs> <laughs> How long is Pain and Gain? I think it's like two hours, just over two. Uh, but it never feels slow. It's very... Well, I'm again, and you're traveling. It's like... Yeah, I guess that's the one thing you can say about Michael. I don't know. Cause Transformers, those are fucking slogs. But anyway, do you have... Um, Keep defending yourself. But I still watch the whole thing, even when there's like commercials and they they take the two and a half hour movie and they make it to almost four, almost five hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though I've seen it and I know it's stupid, but like the the ending, like the emotional ending of like Bruce Willis sacrificing himself. Mm-hmm. I think it, it gets to me like every time. <laughs> Are you choking up right now? <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, Kanisha, do you, what's your guiltiest pleasure? Uh, You're on the stand. <laughs> I know this is, this is going to be such like a typical answer. I'm going to go with Twilight. The Twilight's Oh, Twilight. that's a nice time <laughs> to female pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
go back to Magic Mike, the scene when they make fun of Twilight. Yeah. They don't really. Oh, it's, yeah. They, well, they, they're, like, they're like about to, and. and I just love how the big cathartic moment for that is I fucked Bella. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's just understating. He's just stating the point. But, like, and then Tarzan just turns around and they're just like, why the hell are they doing this stupid vampire thing? And they're just like, yeah, well, the, the tweens got older. Yeah, so. They grew up. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's cool. So, why Twilight? The movies, right? Not, or the movies and books. I guess both. Um, I've read the books. I've yeah. actually read. Have you books. read all four? Yeah, I've read all four. I never finished Eclipse. <laughs> no, no. So we've read. We've actually. Which one's Eclipse? The third one. What's the third one? Um, Is that the one where they get married? No, they no. get married on the fourth one. And that's that's Breaking Dawn. And honeymoon is. Yeah. The okay. What the hell happens in Eclipse? That one's just like. That's why I never finished it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Edward leaves in the second one, and then he comes yeah. back and he clips, and it's basically like oh, Jacob and drama. Edward, yeah, yeah, yeah just okay. like fighting over Bella, deciding like who's gonna actually get her. Yeah, it's not. So the one where she has her motorcycle? No, that's the second. That's the second one. Okay. Wow, I don't remember anything of Eclipse. <laughs> um, Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> I read the. Oh, okay. Just when the books started blowing up, and mm-hmm. I was like in grade seven or eight, and oh, yeah, um, so nine. I read them then, and okay, I was like a thirteen, I was an impressionable thirteen-year-old. <laughs> give me, give me a break. It's, it's you were the target audience. So. Yeah. Was it? And the the first episode was our like our first the first movie thing experience, right? Oh yeah. The yeah, movie. I think I, w- I mentioned in the first episode how the first movie I watched in the theater was like Batman and Robin, and <laughs> up until I was like. 14, 16. I thought it was a good movie. So, <laughs> you reading Twilight books and us admitting we've read them too is not like, you're not gonna, we're not gonna hate you for okay, it. This ties into what I'm gonna talk about later, but continue. Uh, yeah, so basically, all my friends, every, all my friends were obsessed with it, all of us were just, and I think it's more of a nostalgia thing because I just remember when the first movie came out, all my friends were so excited. We lined up two hours before, all of us were there, and it just kind of reminded me of that time of us. Um, just being together and every year since then we've done the same thing opening day two hours before lining up first of the line and it's just kind of like mostly those movies just remind me of that like that really good time with my friends and so I watch it now and I'm just like this movie is absolutely awful but I love it anyways (laughs) okay I think that's a perfect transition to what I wanted to talk about which is um dog (laughs) (laughs) a dog needs to stop barking (laughs) Whatever, let's just push on through. Um, is the fact that I don't believe, even though I'm the one that suggested this question, I don't believe there should be a thing as guilty pleasure. Because you should just, instead of feeling bad about the things you like or whatever, stand, like, give your reasons why you like it, right? Because every, this ties into my idea that you should never hate a movie because every movie has value. And like you said with Twilight, is that because it brought you and your friends together, it was a communal thing, you could go do something together, right? And mm-hmm. Even Twilight, for all its faults, I felt has some very interesting things going on, like how it ties the whole, it almost takes the sex away from vampires, in the sense that it's about abstinence, which I disagree with, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, at least it's it has things on its mind, bungled or not, or however bad the writing or the, whatever it may be, the direction. A lot, a lot of that too with the first movie is that a lot of these producers are cynical as fuck and they're just... Cash in, but if someone had put the time and effort, you can make him a good movie out of time. But the point is that there's interesting things going on there, so talk about that and not about the fact that uh, fucking Robert Pattinson and 
what's her name? Kristen, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Kristen Stewart are really fucking wooden in that movie, right? But then but, they get a bad rap because they're really fucking good in other movies, but just they just didn't have the right director on this movie to guide them through these scenes. It's always it's always upsetting because uh, watching her, like watching either of them in other movies where they're actually good, mm-hmm. and having people like say they're just like oh they're good in this movie like just because they had those bad performances like otherwise yeah. that's the reason why they keep constantly having to push it be like no they're they're actually good actors just yeah. give and them a the shot people always uh, i never like to say an actor had like was bad because you just never know i think we kind of brought up jack black last time <laughs> did we yeah did I, mean, I like jack black um anyway it's it all depends on who they're working with the sort of schedule they're on blah blah, blah. there's so many factors at play that a bad performance could be any number of things that have nothing to do with the actor, right? But it, it just ties this all, whole idea ties into the fact that I don't feel uh, a quote unquote bad movie is necessarily objectively bad. You can have your reasons for liking it, and if you can bring valid a valid discussion, then that's all that matters, right? That said, my guiltiest pleasures were Babe Pig in the City. <laughs> and at first you're like well, that's like the worst babe and fucking talking animals what's going on there but ultimately that movie is about empathy and like caring about your fellow person right and that's like the number one thing I'm concerned about it's like my number one thematic concern then there's also Speed Racer which I adore and most people look at that and like oh that's like a kaleidoscopic mess but I think it's filmmaking on a whole other level right because it's it's how did they describe it? It's like almost film on a strip, right? It's just it never stops going, which ties in perfectly with the character, and it's about uh, becoming who you always were. And there's so much beauty in that movie that gets overlooked because it's so loud and so sugary. You know what I mean? And so, well, this is getting serious. <laughs> um, yeah, ultimately, I feel stand up to your. Uh, your likes and just try to foster a discussion and not shut it down by saying oh that's just bad uh, like armageddon i haven't seen it in a while but it has a genuine emotional moment like you said at the end um and it's just a nice encapsulation of the 90s blockbuster uh ideal right where it might be loud it might be noisy but that's kind of what the, the movies they were making right it's a perfect uh time capsule for the 90s blockbuster scene Although maybe Independence Day is a better movie. I don't know. I haven't seen that one in a while. But What do you mean? Like better? Just better constructed, I guess. Oh, Roland Emmerich. I watched White House Down recently. And even though it's like a total throwback to that whole uh, movie style of movie making. But uh, well, it's probably, big. It's dumb. But it's... Em- Emmerich is like really works. good for Guilty Pleasures movies. Because like Independence Day and like uh, The Day After Tomorrow were both on like my honorable mention list. <laughs> <laughs> Day After Tomorrow. Did he do that? Yeah. I watched that in the theater. Weird. I remember nothing about it. So J. J. Hall's in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, just, just if if it's a if it's a disaster movie, just assume Emmerich's behind <laughs> yeah. it. Pretty sure he did Twenty Twelve too. Um, yeah. So Twilight. I read the books because I wanted to. Whenever it's like a huge craze like that, I usually try to tap into it. Like, why is it connecting with people? And yeah, so it, I can see why it can connect with uh, those teen tween age girls because. You're at an age where you're, like, discovering yourself, blah, blah, blah. And so those books, however misguided their, um, or even the movies, however misguided their uh, ideology may be, 
they're very much trying to come to terms with becoming a uh, growing up into a more fulfilled woman I guess uh, would you agree you're you love those books or movies see there's just too many problems I don't know if it, I'd say that in a lot of ways like I, I could I could agree that it could be about growing up at the same time I feel like I, I just feel like at the same time the characters weren't developed well enough to be like really having to actual really have yeah. real character development either and it's just like I yeah don't know. Bella is very much a blank slate yeah. which is a sort of a problem because she's yeah. not she has no agency in it yeah but yeah. I feel like that's that's also easier for the reader which would typically be a to project yeah. themselves into yeah that. yeah and then that's something and again I'm not saying because ultimately I agree I feel like those books and movies are flawed I'm just saying that there's at least something to talk about there right yeah, yeah. um fuck what was I gonna say um yeah so the characters are fucking awful <laughs> <laughs> and they do horrible things like fall in love with babies <laughs> <laughs> not like that that's not what a printing is okay. Okay? explain to us in printing yeah okay yeah explain finish this episode by explaining what the hell is going on there imprinting i need to know when you imprint on someone who is not of age <laughs> i think we have to change this to, from guilty pleasures <laughs> you know what guilty pleasure is a very appropriate description of what's going on there because <laughs> you are going to jail <laughs> When you imprint of someone who's <laughs> really young, um, the connection isn't necessarily in love. Like, it's if, not yeah, it's not romantic. Yeah. So, if you're talking about Jacob imprinting on Renesme, okay, let's not talk horrible, about that yeah, horrible, horrible name. <laughs> but to be fair to uh, Stephanie Meyer, J.K. Rowling, who's a much better writer, also had Albus Severus Snape or whatever. <laughs> so, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, basically, um, with him, he looked at her as a sister, and then guess when she gets older, it'll be more like a friend or then a best friend. I don't know if that's better. <laughs> Remember when you're young and you're like my sister? Not anymore. <laughs> oh god! Just picture fucking creepy ass Taylor Lautner with an eighteen candle cake. It's time. <laughs> God, poor Renesmee. <laughs> she doesn't have a choice. Yeah, she doesn't have a, that's the horrible yeah, thing about it. She has no choice. So what you're saying? Because like, I would feel like Jacob would end up being like, like a brother slash uncle yeah. to her until like it's just like he's the creepy uncle. <laughs> it's like time to get married. How, how, how old are you now? <laughs> but it's weird. She, he would never ask because he always knows. <laughs> He's two more years. <laughs> Walk into his room. He's got like marks on the wall. It's like, dude. But it's weird because she ages super fast. So how old is she really? <laughs> In like two weeks, she was like thirteen. So like, oh my god. Yeah. So getting worse. What is wrong with you, Taylor Lautner? <laughs> That's why he hasn't been getting work. <laughs> Nobody wants him around his daughter. Nobody wants them around their daughters. <laughs> oh my god. On that note. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this went weird places. 
Um, anybody just... I've ever uh, end up meeting and knowing that says they were Team Jacob, I don't. They're weird now. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, you're. You. If you're Team Jacob, you're Team Pedophile. Let's just, <laughs> just put it in blunt terms. <laughs> That's the hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe Woody Allen imprinted on all those other girls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's in your film queue? Let's 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 roll that. I want you to edit that. that. Edit that. Out. <laughs> you were gonna get rid of the Woody Allen joke. I'm keeping a Woody Allen joke. <laughs> what's in your film queue, Andres? Um, Our episodes always end so badly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna be watching a few Criterion films. Uh, I want to watch Limelight. Uh, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie always Chaplin. Always a good one. I wanted to see some. Uh, uh, I, f- I forgot the name of the movie, and I usually write it down, but I didn't do it this time. You have so, a whole desktop full of it. Yeah, but I forgot to edit it. <laughs> uh, I'm also going to be watching uh, Spider-Man 3. Oh, in preparation. In preparation for the episode. And I'm going to wa- be watching myself get rid of everybody in the house so I can pause it and take notes because <laughs> I'm going to destroy you in that debate. Okay. Well, um, I, mean, I want to I see if I can try and watch uh, The Gallows in the theater. Hmm. Is that coming out soon? Yeah. Comes out Friday. I have no interest in that. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I like, actually like, I like horror movies, sure. so... Hmm? I like horror movies too much, so it's just like, even even Insidious 3, which was a bad movie and a bad movie experience. Horror movies was how I got into movies, but I don't know. I feel like I've almost grown past them. Which isn't to say, like, they're beneath me or anything. It's dumb. Because I like bloody, gory stuff, too, but I just, I don't know. I don't seek them out as much. Anyway, Kanisha, what are you watching this week? Um... Selfless is coming out, mm-hmm. so I want to see that. Um, Magic Mike again? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> I just stay in the movie theaters all day. Yeah. <laughs> Here again. <laughs> um, there's this documentary I want to watch for a while uh, about Scientology, actually. Oh, oh. Yeah. Prison of Belief? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to see that just because um, a lot of people have been talking about it. It's as an religion. interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, Religion slash cults. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like to know more about it. Yeah, that's exactly why. That I'm isn't from a South Park episode. <laughs> uh, that's all? Um, I actually... What's, I'm forgetting the name of the movie. I just had it in my head. No. Goodwill Hunting. Oh. Yes. Have you never seen it? No, I have seen it. It's, just, it's one of my favorites, and I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm like, yeah, that's neat to, that needs to be watched Yeah, again. that's always a good one. Especially... Have Rest in peace, Robin Williams. You seen the Fisher King? No, no. Yeah, I I saw it like this past week, and I was like, I yeah. I I typically I've seen a few Terry Gilliam, and he's not for me. Yeah. But there was something about the Fisher King where I was just like, even though it's a dark and sad movie, I just had the biggest smile on my face. And I was just like, <laughs> this is so great. I'm sad, but this is great. <laughs> yeah, um, I still have to find. The, I haven't seen Brazil yet, so I feel hopefully that's the one. But I haven't really found the Terry Gilliam movie that has yeah, one of the over. I didn't, I didn't care for Brazil uh, at all. This, well, that's a controversial opinion. Yeah, well, I know, but maybe we'll have to discuss it when I eventually watch it and borrow it. I have a lot of movies to watch. <laughs> okay, I'm never watching it. Yeah, I will watch it. If you turn uh, around in the corner, I have just what I want to watch for the next week, and I'm never going to get through it. And it, just, and it just keeps piling Watch up. Cloud Atlas. I want to have our Wachowski episode. That's true. I still need to finish Rocky. And, yeah, and I want my movies back. Hold on, I'm starting to forget. I'm getting to that point where I'm forgetting that they were mine. Yeah. <laughs> Kanisha, you got to be my mental note. She has my movies. 
Um, yes. Um, all I'll be watching, hopefully, Saving Private Ryan sometime this week, like rewatching oh, it. That's a good one. It's a great one. I was supposed to watch it yesterday, but Chile won the Copa America, yeah, and so my yeah, dad yeah. was immovable you, from the television. Did you watch the game? Yeah, I actually watched the whole game. I missed. I watched like the last ten minutes of it. The penalty kicks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which I mean, for a game that was zero zero the entire thing, I'm pretty sure it was a fun game to watch. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm. I'm not upset that I missed yeah, the rest of the game. When you're invested, it's 0-0 zero, zero is like the most heart-wrenching thing, right? Because yeah. one goal, they almost scored in the 90th minute, which Argentina that which would have fucking destroyed my dad. Sure. <laughs> he would have been catatonic. Anyway, so Saving Private Ryan, Ballad of Narayama, if I can get to it. And I've also mm. started the Mad Max trilogy finally, so I'll be watching Road Warrior sometime this week too. I should catch up with you. Well, I've seen the first one yeah. now, so I should... We'll book, I'll text you I'm watching now. <laughs> um, what's coming out this week on Friday? Uh, Minions, Gallows, and Selfless. So I won't be at the theater this week. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I might know, I might catch Minions. I don't see myself rushing out to see it. Uh, I have a friend of the family who like really loves Minions and like Despicable Me. Yeah. So like if they end up going and I'm invited, I might finally use this week to watch go. Slow West. Finally, we'll sure. see. There's a few. Anyway. Next week, hopefully, will be our big Spider-Man 3 episode, right? Yeah, next week's going to be it. Have you confirmed at all? Uh, almost. Oh, okay. Hopefully, if anything, we'll Stupid post something. Schedules. We'll have some, another episode planned, or maybe we'll take another break. Who knows? But look forward to that, Spider-Man 3. Until then, consider this week's question. What is your guiltiest pleasure? Do you have one? Maybe defend it with all your might. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jeffrey Pettinera. And I'm Andres Guzman. That was Kanisha. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>